from BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. There is no joke in the talent of our performers today, but the name of their duo, H-Duo, yes, they both have H's. That's kind of a joke. We have some really good clarinet jokes, I promise. They're really good coming up. We have a little bit of Benny Goodman. There will be ping pong balls incorporated into the music. There will be fountains of Tuscany. How does this all fit together? Well, you will only discover that if you meet Jaron Hinckley, clarinet, music faculty from the BYU School of Music, and Vince Humphreys, our pianist today. And we'll start with an original piece, two movements of Fountains of Siena by Jaron Hinckley. The first, Fonte dei Pispini and Fonte del Casato. The third movement, Fountains of Siena, by Jaron Hinckley. Jaron Hinckley performing clarinet. Pianist Vince Humphreys. Now, at this moment, I promised ping-pong balls. The ping-pong balls are being loaded into the piano, even as I speak, which I promise I didn't know this morning when I got up that I would be saying that phrase ever in my life. But I have to share my favorite clarinet joke. We're almost ready here with the ping-pong balls. Here's the first one. Why was the clarinetist arrested? He was in treble. It's not the best one, but they they get better. They get better. Why did the clarinetist stare at the orange juice carton? Because it said concentrate. Okay, I played clarinet as a youth, so I feel like it's not too terrible. And finally, what does a clarinet and a lawsuit have in common? Everyone is relieved when the case is finally closed. (laughs) I have more, but the ping pong balls are ready. So now we're going to hear the Fonte del Casato. Thank you. 
Fonte del Casato, that's the fourth movement of Fountains of Siena by Jaron Hinckley. Jaron Hinckley is a clarinet professor at Brigham Young University, clarinetist with the Orpheus Wind Quintet, and, of course, part of today's piano clarinet duo, H-Duo. He's a frequent performer with the Utah Symphony and the Orchestra at Temple Square, and has performed with Ballet West and various new music ensembles. Jaron, you're playing part, part of your own composition there. Yes. Any pros or cons to playing your own composition? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think uh, sometimes people might not take it as seriously if it's me performing it, whereas they might, if some other person is performing uh-huh. it, they might give it more credence. That they liked sense. it enough to play yeah. it. Just, yeah. Do you ever find yourself writing for your strengths or avoiding uh, something you don't like about clarinet writing? Or... To a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, when you're in the midst of the composing process, sometimes the melody has to come out that way. Whether you can play it or not, you have to work at it to get to be able to play it that way. So I wouldn't say that's a huge factor when I'm composing. It's, it's, not, it's not my skill level that I'm worried about. It's, it's is the music the way I want the music mm. to be. The ping pong balls. I wasn't sure why until I heard the higher register. Yeah. Is that being a mandolin, something Yeah, that's just the idea, to make it sound like a mandolin. Like you were just strolling along an Italian street and you heard a mandolin being played through a... Very ingenious. Renaissance. Did you try any other objects before you settled on the ping pong balls? I did. I tried a lot of objects. And <laughs> the the idea actually was to try to get it to be easy to put in without hurting the piano in any way. Because mm. you can insert things that make that sound, but I didn't want to hurt the strings or anything oh. like that. So I figured ping pong balls were fairly harmless. And they achieved really the best sound for that effect out of everything I tried. Yeah, that, that's called Fountains of Siena that we heard. And literally, you were there in Italy, in Tuscany, and you sought out these various fountains. Were you thinking of a composition when you began this, like <laughs> Fountains of Rome by Respighi, something like that? Sort of, yeah. I, I don't know if it was Respighi necessarily that I was particularly trying to emulate, but um, I have written other compositions in the past that were based on locations that I'd been to. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that we were going to Italy for a, an extended period of time, I thought this is a chance to find more inspiration for another composition. And fountains are a very important part of Siena's uh, culture and history because it's a hilltop village. So they had to find ways to get the water up to the top mm. of the hills. And uh, these were all, most of these fountains were built or created in the Middle Ages. So these are Part and of, still operating. And still operating. Wow. Yeah. Well, there are a few exceptions. You have been inspired many times by your travels, but we, we think maybe corn cobber rag or the loose tooth oh polka yes. <laughs> as we look through your catalog. <laughs> are these early works? These are earlier works. Um, okay. They're written actually for my kids. Uh-huh. Um, they're inspired by different uh, different. We can guess with the loose tooth polka. That was my oldest who was losing a tooth at the time. Very nice. <laughs> Well, tell us about, um, well, first people should go to your website because the photography alone is is astounding. But then you always write, you you have blogs called, I'm currently listening to everything written by, and you list a composer. Mm -hmm. But you don't just leave it there. You add so much to it about about why in your personal, I I think I want everybody to know that they should go to jarenhinkley.com. That's J-A-R-E-N-H-I-N. C-K-L-E-Y. It would be worth your visit. Let's hear one more of these Fountains of Siena. This last one is Movement 7 of the work, and it's Fonte di Folonica.
Movement 7 of Fountains of Siena by Jaron Hinckley, Fonte di Falonica. Our performers today are a duo, H-Duo is the name together, with last names of Hinckley and Humphreys. We're going to be hearing a piece called Beniana now by Stephen Harless. We're here, here the very first movement of this. And uh, we were talking with these performers. They said, we chose Beniana because Vince is such a great pianist, but he also really enjoys jazz. So whenever we find a piece that has a jazz influence, we have him take a look at it to see if he wants to play it with me. This one really is his style. Sort of a tribute to that clarinetist, Benny Goodman. Here is the first movement of Beniana, Benny's Dream.
the first movement of Beniana by Stephen Harlos. Vince Humphreys, pianist. Vince began playing piano at the age of four after hearing his grandfather play some early dance band tunes on an old upright. Had a four-year scholarship in piano performance at the University of Utah and has performed extensively in Salt Lake City, including appearances with the Utah Symphony at the University of Utah and was also principal cellist of the Mormon Youth Symphony for over 10 years. Vince has a BS and an MS in electrical engineering and works for a communications company in Salt Lake City. Somehow, Vince, besides many people have musical talents and run a business or do something else on the side, but you have really put in the time to stay connected musically, it looks like. I love music. Uh, I love any time I can spend playing music. Uh, I was in a symphony orchestra for 20 plus years. Uh, I play the piano every day. (laughs) I tell my wife it's cheaper than therapy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just great. I love music. And all my kids love music as well. So you heard those dance band tunes when you were very young. Your grandpa was playing. So how? tell me how you got introduced to classical music and then to jazz. For the most part, I think everyone that trains uh, in music starts out with a classical training. I mean, most mm-hmm. of the teachers that you would find uh, are going to teach a classical background. And actually, I really love that classical background, and, and I do come at anything I do in terms of jazz, I come at it from a classical perspective. So a, a jazz purist may may not necessarily appreciate my take on it, but but since I came from that background, then that's what makes sense to me. But I still love the way jazz adds a, a dimension of freedom to everything that you do. And I think it also invites a wider audience. There may be a larger uh, group of people out there that that find interest in jazz music. So did you find it just from live performances or records? So listening to it, I mean, if it appeals to me, if it's something that's fun, then then it's something I want to be a part of. And and so then I go after it. And I think that's just the way jazz struck me. It's it's satisfying in in a similar way that classical music is. Uh, It's challenging in a similar way, uh, but it even has, I think, more freedom. Well, especially this mixture we've got today of you know, with Benny Goodman. I mean, there's the very essence of classical technique mixed with jazz inflections. And he... I'm excited but... about uh, about this piece. Uh, I, I've actually met the composer and heard him play, uh, and I'm kind of excited to be involved playing a piece. Uh, you know, somebody that I know, and, and I think he's a terrific uh, composer. And uh, there are really some great jazz idioms captured in this piece that I think are wonderful. Stephen Harlos, the composer, he is the staff keyboardist of the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. Well, let's hear another one of these. This is from Beniana. We'll hear the final two movements, so we hear the complete work. Movement two is Blues Nocturne, followed by the third movement, Jazz Rondo.
second and third movement of Beniana by Stephen Harlos, the second movement blues nocturne jazz rondo performed by our duo in studio today. That is Jaron Hinckley, clarinetist, BYU School of Music clarinet faculty, Vince Humphreys, pianist together. They are H duo. I just, I just picture Mozart writing and developing his very first work for the clarinet and Carl Maria von Weber going, can we use this as a solo instrument? If they could just be here and hear this and let it swing. That would be that would be fun. Watch those white wigs tapping. So I do want to mention that, that there's a a great album, Jaron Jaron Hinckley Jazz Influence Classical Works for Clarinet. This CD features Vince Humphrey as the accompanist on our classical station here at BYU. We feature a few of these, including Alec Templeton's Pocket Size Sonata. There's some great music there. Thank you to both of you gentlemen for coming in and uh, swinging the room here. JaronHinkley.com, J-A-R-E-N-H-I-N-C-K-L-E-Y. If you're listening at home or you've just caught part of our show, you'd like to hear more, hear it again, or share it. It's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. And follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our production assistant is Abby Vance. And the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cat Perry. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.